This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 15th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The rapid movement of supply and demand have delivered a bit of sticker shock to consumers of services like Uber. Still, that's nothing compared to the reaction to the car service in France. Peter Van Doren, editor of Regulation Magazine, explains. The New York Times had a piece detailing some consumer outrage over Uber's surge pricing. That is, the car service Uber charges way more during peak demand times, as the New York Times points out here. Uh, Like during a New York snowstorm or Washington on New Year's Eve, it sets a higher rate in hopes of increasing supply by enticing more of its drivers to come out or stay out. And uh, a lot of people have been, well, complaining about that. And help us understand at a very basic level, how does that work? Well, notice the interesting the language you used um, to, and I'm not picking on you. The language you used to describe how people think of it is in part part of the problem. Notice you called it a car service, Uber. Technically, Uber does not own cars. It, it, Uber, in its business model, is is a is a matching algorithm driven by a computer. I.e., there are suppliers of car services who are individual contractors and they are rated and they i.e. they have to provide a certain level of service a certain kind of car and 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 it's very much like what we used to call a black car service i.e. um you could always um when i go to the airport here in washington i call up al he's my he's my airport go to the airport guy al has run his own airport limousine service since, you know, the early 70s. All that Uber is doing is allowing um, people like Al to match up with people uh, who want rides in in real time rather than through a prearranged phone call, which is is how that market is usually uh, operated. Now, before we started recording, you referred to Uber as something akin to a spot market. That is, you're paying the price, whatever that price happens to be at that moment. Well, I was saying that that um, that, that taxis cru- taxis cruising, searching for anonymous passengers, is is, is 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 you can think of it like a spot market, whereas the black car market was a prearranged, contractual, everyone knew the price kind of thing ahead of time. Um, and what Uber is doing is allowing these two markets to converge and, and so that the black car market can now compete directly um, for spot taxi service because someone just gets on their phone and, and pushes the button for the app and then it instantly can arrange service, whereas the black car market historically required thought and you had to think ahead of time. And young people don't do that. <laughs> and so young people have never used black cars. Only adults or older, middle-aged and above adults have. And now what Uber's doing is bringing the black car market to young people. And they're not used to um, – so notice, the, as I was saying, the way you described it is young people think of it as a car service, like Uber owns and determines the the – the behavior of of the uh, of the people who show up to provide you service. Uber doesn't do that. Uber matches suppliers and demanders in real time through a computer algorithm, whose purpose is to optimize and ex- and increase throughput. So Uber increases prices 
when it senses when its computers sense much more demand than supply of of and then the increased price induces the more supply of services and decreases demand until the throughput is maximized given the the weather conditions and things like that and so a, a strikingly different model of would be something like grocery stores that well, is that is uh, as you've explained it smoothing the price over time like your car service they do own cars the price is known and maybe there's high demand well then they just run out of cars right the traditional black car market has been like um, a grocery store in that even though black cars are not regulated in the way spot taxis are black car my my guy al has as um in fact, he price discriminates. He actually hasn't changed the price of going to the airports in Washington um, in the 15 years that I've been here. Um, or and 16 I know you have years. detailed records to indicate how yes, much you paid over time for, <laughs> yes, I do. for those. It, he charges new customers higher and older customers less, as best I can tell. Um, Uber's business model is is very different. Um, it It is simply trying to match supply and demand in real time through by changing prices. And retailers like grocery stores typically don't do that. So most young people are not used to encountering a, any kind of market in which the prices change in real time to equilibrate supply and demand. And the first time you encounter that, it's unpleasant and they are outraged. And that's the source of the Twitter comments uh, that you described. Because a regulated taxi market still exists, though, um, I think the sociological phenomena will fade quickly because if you're hyper-conscious about this and don't like time-varying prices, you will then search for a traditional taxi in bad weather, um, and, and if you're able to find it, you will have a lower price. But you'll also find that you won't be able to find a, a regulated taxi in bad weather. Or at least you'll have to wait in line. You have to wait, whatever. And so you'll see what we call a separating equilibrium, which is the, the people who really love the new service will end up using it and not complain about it. The people who love the old service will put up with its idiosyncrasies and also not complain. And complaints will go to zero and people will sort. Now. Uh, there was a related story uh, in Business Week, Bloomberg Business Week, that basically detailed some uh, Twitter comments of people in France trying to make use of Uber vehicles. A woman said that uh, her car, the Uber driver's car, was attacked, uh, smashed windows, tires, vandalized vehicle, and bleeding hands is, is what she said. Uh, other cars have also suffered a similar fate. Uh, this is from Business Week. Tensions between cabbies and Uber have been brewing for months. At the request of taxi drivers, the government recently imposed a new rule on private services requiring a minimum 15-minute wait because the time a car is between the time a car is booked and a passenger being picked up. Again, right I, earlier, I said that the black car market has traditionally been always available everywhere, but one had to think ahead and reserve and et cetera. And what technology is doing is, is is changing the black car market so it can more closely mimic uh, what spot taxi service provides. As best I can tell in France, I mean, again, an economist might be puzzled. Usually the, the regulated market doesn't like competition from the unregulated competitors. And they usually argue the unregulated competitors are inferior. 
that they provide lower quality, that they're marginal, that you're not certain of things, you could be held up. Ironically, as best I can tell, certainly in the States, I'm not sure what's happening in Europe, it might be different there, and we could talk about that. I mean, regulated taxis in Europe are quite stunningly beautiful. Um, I've, I've been in taxis in France and Germany. They're always Mercedes. The drivers are always middle-aged and very middle-class to upper-class, and they're very well compensated. So it could be that competition in Europe at the margin is of lower quality and lower wage, et cetera, et cetera. In the U.S., Uber competition with regulated taxis is actually the opposite. It's higher quality, more polished, probably higher paid, so that the regulated market is, is the inferior, at least from my perspective, alternative in the United States. So it could be, the reason I'm puzzled about Europe could be that the um, everything's flipped in Europe and that the, the competition um, is in the eyes of the regulated sector and the labor in that sector, the competition is, quote, inferior, unquote, and should be not allowed because um, it reduces their income. One argument that at first blush makes a bit of sense is the idea that in the regulated market, uh, particularly in New York City, the medallions, there's a fixed number of them. You have to buy one. You, have to, you can buy one from another driver, I believe, and uh, they're quite expensive. Uber drivers face no such limitation whatsoever. Well, even in New York, I mean, the, 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 the regulated medallion uh, crews for hire yellow cab market has been restricted to somewhere in the order of 11,000 cabs since the 1930s when that system was put into effect. Needless to say, demand for taxis has risen since then. But New York also has 50,000 black cars, which are, quote, unregulated and used, used to be until this new uh, app. You had to call and make a reservation, et cetera, et cetera. And even there, the prices didn't vary in real time. Um, and so what's happening is uh, the but, – but the irony is that in the, in the regulated market, the drivers do not in, – in the states, the drivers don't get the benefits from the, the limits on supply. Well, those rents were collected a long time ago, right? The actual – the price – the value associated with the medallion was collected – by a well, previous entrant and probably somebody who's already exited from the Correct. From In the fact, field. whoever got those medallions for free a long time ago by the city of New York, they made money over time through the appreciation. Now there's a market, a secondary market for medallions. One has to pay the market price for those, and that is the – in effect, the capitalized value of the excess profits that arise from the restrictions on supply um, in, in Manhattan. But there is this repugn uh, repugnance associated with cab drivers. I look, I, you know, I had to buy my medallion. What do these guys have to do? Well, that, I mean, if, if I'm in a regulated market and I had to pay to get into it, and then I see competition at the margin, that is unstable. I mean, look at the history of the, the reason we got. Uh, Railroad and trucking deregulation at the national level in the United States um, in the in the 1980s. Well, first railroads went bankrupt, and so the regulation wasn't creating any excess profits anymore because the market had completely changed. Then truckers, right? Once railroads were deregulated, trucking felt that they needed to be deregulated as well because you can't 
compete for transportation services with uh, something that's unregulated when you're regulated. And so the, the French cabbies probably feel, um, as I said, maybe the worst of both worlds, which is if, if, if my characterization of Europe is correct, which is the regulated market in Europe is high service, high cost, and maybe Uber at the margin in Europe is actually a lower quality, lower cost competitor, uh, that's probably extremely threatening uh, to the existing regulated market. Peter Van Doren is editor of Regulation Magazine. You can subscribe to and read Regulation at Cato.org.